Okay, uh, well, welcome back to Kino Clash. Um, I'm Brendan. I'm Ryan. Alex. And I'm Kyle. Uh, <laughs> oh, I love how loud that was for me already. <laughs> <laughs> I turned the input down, so. Yeah, but you uh, got deep-throated. Yeah, I got close. All right, do, we, uh, do we need a vibe check? Do we need a vibe check right now? Hey, I think my I think my vibe's fine. <laughs> Brennan, I think yours are fine. I think I think we got I think Brian's a little peeved. Do we need to hash it out? Do we need to hash it I, out, our dog? We don't have time to hash it out, Kyle. <laughs> oh, we need to hash it out. We need to hash, I'm not going into I don't, this I don't, with a little I don't know what you're talking about. With little peeved boy. Yeah, there's some there's some venom on your tongue. There's some salt. Okay. I'm arguably 30 minutes late because I was at the gym. Ryan's a little mad, and he's even more mad that I'm wasting more time of our short amount of time we have today right now doing this bit. Uh, so come on, say say what you got. Say what's on your mind, babe. We got to get it out. This ain't going to work <laughs> hey, <babe>. if you don't. <laughs> hey, babe, what's on your mind? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm just thinking about how funny this bit is. <laughs> oh, he's got venom. He's mean. He's mean and mad today. All right. All right, fine. Yeah, I'm sure the listeners will enjoy having all the vibes off. Thanks for a great episode. <laughs> the vibes aren't off. No, the vibes are off. Uh -huh. I'm just waiting to get started. All right, so speaking of which, short? let's get into short? it. So we've got uh, my number, I want to say it's my number four or three pick. What is it? It's your number three seed. Number three mm. pick. Uh, the Cat Returns going up against Ryan's number... 14 seed. In, in Bruges. In Bruges, yeah, absolutely. Um, we're starting off with In Bruges today. We are. We haven't started with one of mine in quite some time. I've been off the block for uh, for a minute now. I don't even remember the last one, but I'm glad to be back. Um, so this is one that I believe only I had seen. So I'll get a description real quick for you all at home. Shoot first, sightsee later. Ray and Ken, two hitmen, are in Bruges, Belgium, waiting for their next mission. While they are there, they have time to think and discuss their previous assignment. When the mission is revealed to Ken, it is not what he expected. Which is fine. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's it's kind of a, I would call it a dark comedy slash drama. Um, just about hitmen who are returning... Um, after a job and they're hiding out and just kind of waiting instructions in a place that one of them finds completely boring and the other one finds charming and there's just a lot of good comedy it's got a lot of people from uh, harry potter in it and a lot of a lot of quips <laughs> i find this movie very that's funny. a that's so a that's an interesting that. way to describe the cast a lot of people from harry I, potter and I, I can think of two <laughs> Voldemort, Mad Eye Moody, isn't Colin Farrell? Oh, Voldemort! Well? I forgot about Voldemort. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's got a lot of it's villains from Harry Potter in it, actually, Potter. if you wanted to be specific. <laughs> no, it's uh, got, uh, what, what? Clements Posey or, uh, whatever, whatever her name is? Uh, well, she in Harry Potter. Oh, she, she was plays... Flor Delacour or something. Yeah, like she's Flor Delacour. Yeah. I mean, I this is basically. I, I'm Potter, up to the fourth. Uh, five. Well, Harry very Potter close. four and a half. This movie. Yeah. <laughs> no wait, yeah, uh, no. Is is Brendan Gleeson in Harry Potter four? He is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. This is a this is a Harry Potter four 
yeah. hot spot. Harry Potter fan film. Cool. Yeah. So, who? Uh, I mean, I know none of you have seen it. So, does anybody have any things they want to just get out? I I can get, start us off. Um, I hadn't seen this movie before. Uh, I was. Once I saw the the cast pop up, I was like, "Oh shit, Brendan Gleeson!" Um, you know, because I love him from Assassin's Creed, of course. Hit film. The movie. The movie. Remember, he play he plays uh, um, what's his face, uh, Michael Fassbender's dad. Either way, that's beside jokes aside. Uh, I I genuinely like Brendan Gleeson, so I was excited uh, for the movie for that reason. Uh, once I started it, it was. Very good. I very much enjoyed it. The score was very uh, enchanting. The um, environment, Bruges itself, was such a fun, like, instant production quality kind of thing where it's like, oh, yeah, we'll just shoot it in a really beautiful place. And suddenly our movie looks like it's worth $10 million more million than it is, um, which I always love little tricks like that, little ways to make things look more expensive than they are um but yeah uh it it was a very like i don't know it was a very comforting movie almost i did almost fall asleep during it uh because the score mixed with just the shots of bruges i was like oh this is making me soft it's pretty lovely yeah (laughs) i had forgotten about that yeah soft piano music with the with these beautiful like screensavers of bruges i was like this Mm -hmm. is putting me right to bed Mm-hmm. But uh, I stayed awake because Colin Farrell would show up and he'd start shouting about something. I'd be like, I'm up. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I really like this movie. I'll go next. Um, I also really, really like this movie. It is the best Kyle Harris movie we've seen all podcast. And by that, I mean oh, that, his, that hurts. his type of movie. That's the, mean. The quippy dialogue <laughs> and like the kind of dark comedy. Um, yeah, I, I totally forgot this was Ryan's pick. I thought this was your pick. And I... Wait a second, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it was it was a, a great time, like you said, so lovely. Anything that wasn't actually dark and grotesque was just so peaceful and made you... I, I was... I had the fan on in a warm, fuzzy blanket watching it at all by myself at like 11 p.m. And I was like, this is, this is the vibe for this movie. Until obviously blood and guts but um yeah i I loved all the characters i loved their chemistry they were two awesome co-stars with each other i thought they they really bounced off each other super well um and i i really liked the story and kind of the direction it took i was expecting it to end right when um colin farrell goes on the train but i was pleasantly surprised and and satisfied with the direction it went further and how kind of all these characters crossed again so I thought it was a very interesting story. I love the music, and the visuals were great, and the acting was superb. It's only like an hour in at that point. Yeah. Wow. Impressive. Um, so yeah, this is uh, my first time watching it, but uh, I am a huge fan of the director, Martin McDonough. Um, saw Three Billboards first, and then Seven, Pike- Seven Psychopaths earlier this summer. Um so, in reverse order, but uh, as with the other two films I just mentioned, I love this. I thought it was fantastic. Um, it started out really slow for me, like a very slow burn. And I was like, eh, it kind of seems like a lot of this is just kind of being crass for the sake of being crass. 
Um, but then as we start getting more information as the mo- and the movie starts to build and build and build, um, by the end, I was completely floored. Um, and uh, I think uh, Mark McDonough is definitely in my top ten directors working right now at this point. I have not given one of his movies less than four and a half stars. Like, I, uh, I love everything he has done. So, yeah, this is no different. Cool. Yeah, I haven't seen his other two films, but his upcoming one, I'm really You haven't seen Three for. Billboards? Nope. Oh, damn. Yeah, it is the only one, so... Uh, yeah, I'll keep my thoughts short and sweet. I The the gist of it is I think this movie is hilarious. There's uh, a lot of great dialogue that's really made even better by the facial expressions and physical acting of our leads. Um, there's just a lot of moments when I'm just just dying laughing at what's going on whether it's when he like steals a gun from a guy and shoots a blank in his eye (laughs) then that joke kind of pays off later on um i I think the writing is really really smart in that aspect things that they say end up tying in or even jokes that they say end up tying into jokes much later on but not in like a like oh we're repeating this kind of way it's more just like oh that's I don't know. It kind of adds to the to the humor for me, at least. So, yeah, I, I think it's really smartly written, really tight cast. Like you guys said, gorgeous music and setting, and that's something that I had forgotten about it and something I think I'll take with me going forward. Um, not a lot to get on rewatch other than there. pretty much everything is set up really well, and I, I think that's something that, that makes it worth rewatching. but nothing, I don't know, emotionally changing about a rewatch. but it is short and sweet, so definitely one I'll continue to watch um i do like it uh now one thing you guys didn't really did you guys find it funny oh yeah didn't really mention the jokes too much oh yeah i thought it was funny i'll say for me it uh not not particularly like it's not that the jokes didn't land uh but it was a lot of just uh like all right that was nice you know there were there were some parts where i laughed out loud but overall now I, i that's not the part that draws me back to it I laughed quite a bit, mostly at Colin Farrell's character, just how bonkers he was and the kind of shit that he would say. Like, it was kind of shock factor comedy, but, I don't know, their dynamic together, him and and Gleason, were, that was quite funny. That was very entertaining. Yeah. I think that was you, Alex, that said they had good chemistry, and I would definitely agree. They were, too, that, I don't know, just kind of the dynamic of somebody who really doesn't want to be somewhere and has to be. And somebody who's there and trying to make the best of it. I don't know. It's a nice I would, buddy dynamic. I would say the most I ended up laughing at the movie was when what Ralphine's uh, character came into play, like as like a an actual character of Forrest. Because I thought he, I thought he stole the movie uh, yeah, at great. that point. He's so funny. Like every scene with him, he's playing completely serious. But you're an inanimate object. Yeah, like what, like the first scene where you see him, he's smashing that phone. He picks the phone back up, then keeps smashing it. Picks the phone back up and keeps smashing it. Um, and then even like that moment when he's having to say goodbye to his kids, and it's right after this scene where you see him screaming at his wife. It's just it like his his stuff made me laugh the most, especially like towards the end of the movie when he's like having his confrontation with um, uh, Gleason. And uh, and he's like, well, I can't kill you now. Now, not after you said all that. <laughs> <laughs> like he just he plays it so well. Like this, like sort of like weirdly honorable, um, I don't know, like hitman boss. Um, 
but yeah, he he was probably my favorite character and the stuff that I laughed at the most in the movie for sure. Yeah, yeah that and like it's... all the phone calls with him also were pretty. Funny. Yeah. Especially oh yeah, Brendan Gleeson uh, having message. to like pretend because yeah. he he said the one lie that he <laughs> that Colin yeah. was still in the room with him, so he had to go do all this dumb bullshit. <laughs> uh, he's not gonna find a bowling alley in Bruges. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, and that and just like the uh, when he the the owner of the hotel has to take the note for him and come up there's just like oh he swears a lot, <laughs> his whole message. Um, yeah, he definitely one of the most dynamic characters. The the part that always gets me is when the the joke is <laughs> the guy got shot in the eye with a blank and he's blinded and he's saying the story to him in the, like the gun shop and he's like, "Well, sounds like it was all your fault." <laughs> <laughs> that exchange um really funny stuff and and a nice payoff to something that i i expected that character to be gone and he just shows up again for uh, a really funny scene so it's (laughs) it's really funny seeing his character interact with anybody really um he's just so crass and (laughs) violent all the time well yeah i think it sets up like something kind of fun in the movie just having that character show up like what like an hour and a half into the movie like actually be in bruges uh, finally, after most of the movie has gone by, uh, because you get like these kind of established characters and, and things that you thought were settled. Uh, and then he kind of just shows up and starts ruffling everyone's feathers uh, and stirs up a lot of the uh, the drama that takes place in the last act, even beyond the uh, the just trying to kill Colin Farrell, because he's the reason why the uh, eye patch guy. It, it knows to be looking out for Colin Farrell and then he's the person that the eye patch guy tells that Colin Farrell is still in the city and all that stuff. Like he sets up like him just kind of going around and meeting characters that we've already met before and kind of pissing them off or just telling them about what the next step of the situation is, is just really fun. Cause it's like, Oh yeah. Well, that's all what I found most admirable over. about the movie in general. And Alex set it up as well. I think this is the tightest movie we've watched. Like it just, Every mm. there's I like I don't think there's an ounce of fat on this thing. Every single scene is required for the movie to work, um, and like every detail set up has like a double meaning later on. Has like a, a, an extra kick. Yeah, <clears throat> like you interact with a new character. Two two different characters didn't interact before, but one's knowledgeable. The other kind of sets up the scenes. And yeah, I agree. I think it's the only thing we didn't see was lean. the race war. <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, no, I mean, even that, you know, that you joke about it, later. but even that is kind of tight. Um, no, that, no, it does when, come back later. When the dwarf <laughs> dies, it's like it gives you an out to not feel bad that he got shot and killed. Because you're like, oh, well, he was a racist. So. Well, yeah, and they, they, they reference it later and like to make him feel all guilty and stuff. But um, no, I, I, I just meant like it's it would have been really funny if the movie ends with January 2136. <laughs> The race war has been going on <laughs> for several years. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of watching him die, that's one of my favorite payoffs is just the kind of interaction with the, the gun salesman and he gives him the head explodey bullets. They don't really address that later, but that is essential to the having his head unmistakable and making Ralph Fiennes think it's a, a child that he shot. And well, yeah, I didn't even put that together as well. Yeah, it's just it really super type uh, writing, and it just it all and, it all plays into itself. And it made me it's, think he Colin Farrell's definitely not living 
because what those had to have been like hollow points that he was shot with all in mm. the body <laughs> yeah and i i couldn't remember i thought the ending was less ambiguous but it does definitely i think the implication is that he definitely died after that but um, oh really no i i think I, he died. I, yeah he he just got shot so many times with head explodey bullets but in the body <laughs> And I guess they, I don't know. I I didn't take it as a definite for sure. Uh, yeah, it's ambiguous. I mean, I thought I remembered him living and like going on with that girl, but that, that does not happen. So, yeah. well, I just uh, that was an. I mean, just again talking about how tight this movie is. Um, you know, I, okay, we keep jumping around the word tight. Can we just say the full phrase and then move on? <laughs> Go ahead. Please. No, no, no. After you, please. It's it's yours. It's no, no, no. I, I I implore you, please. <laughs> this movie is a tight little package. Uh, <laughs> perhaps even the tightest, tiniest package we have watched. Um, but no, uh, the you know, because Colin Farrell is suicidal the entire movie, and then the uh, the tragic irony of at the last words being "I don't want to die" was like, oh my goodness, just so well done. Um, yeah. No, I I like his character too, because because for me, I the first time I saw this, I was like, this guy's just an asshole. Like, <laughs> what is sympathetic about this guy? And you kind of get his backstory as the movie goes on in a way that I think is really natural. And he does yeah. become sympathetic by the end. It's just he's just a product of his environment, I guess, and the circumstances he's unfortunately come upon. And of course, they're hitmen; they they kill people, but like. I, you sympathize with them, and by the end, he's like finding love, and it seems like he's turning his life around. So, it uh, it it all comes full circle. It really does. Yeah, I was um, I was just gonna say add on to that that like one of the things that I really liked about the characterization of Colin Farrell, uh, I don't remember what the character's name was. What was it? Was it was right? he the inn in Bruges? Was his name Sorry, in? I don't know. What was the character's name? I was just joking. Ray, I think. Yeah. Ray. Okay. Ray, and, Ray and Ken is. Uh, yeah. Gleason. Yeah. Uh, what I liked about the characterization of, of, of Ray is that a lot of it is done through other characters talking about him, too. Like when Brendan Gleason is sitting next, uh, sitting down at the cafe with Ralph Fiennes, and they're talking about, like, should he get a second chance or not? And they're talking about, like, mm-hmm. morality, which is just a really fun conversation in general. At least for me, that helped me sympathize more with Colin Farrell because Ken, this guy who's known him for so long, is like, hey, he he needs a second chance. Like he he still has the ability to to change into a better person instead of becoming a worse person. Well, that's um, interesting. Do you think Ken has known him for a very long time? Because I I I thought that they'd met like you know less than a year because they say this is his first job. I was thinking less than a year, but still much like long longer than we see them together in the movie. Sure, sure. But yeah, no, I I, yeah. I I certainly was like, oh no, he just you know is trying to look out for this kid more than anything. I I, I imagine that they had they had like worked on the uh, on the original job together for a good while prior to executing the hit, like maybe planned and like gone over stuff together and then went through with it that went south and then they were both told to relocate to bruges yeah i don't i don't know if there's a line i missed or something but i i have no idea how long they've known each other 
Um, it's almost like a paternal relationship, though, Ken to Ray. I, I feel like uh, Brendan Gleeson's character really kind of looks after him, and he's clearly somebody who's been in the business a long time, um, having brought him in to do the job in the first place um, and kind of having enough credibility to bring somebody on. Um, so I think he's probably just sees a lot of himself in it, just a, a younger man who's down this path and his life could get better or it could get much worse and he he just doesn't really want him to make the same mistakes he did maybe. I, I think there's just a lot of, to read into there, but nothing's really explicit, um, which I think it makes his character interesting. Yeah, no, I get that that fatherly love thing, especially in the scenes where they're out looking at like churches and historical things and uh, Ray is just throwing a fit the entire time and he goes, can you stop <laughs> being so moody? Um, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, that's another part that made me laugh a lot about Jesus' blood. Because you don't have to l- touch the blood. That part was quite funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just a lot of their interactions. Oh, really, really crack me up. I, yeah, I don't think there's any, kind of like you said, Kyle, I don't think there's really any fat on this movie. And the, the characters especially, it seems like normally you have one or two in any given movie that just don't really sell it as much as the others but this one i i feel like everybody had their own personality everybody felt storied even though it was such a quick uh movie and you really didn't spend too much time with any one character you just got enough out of their performances and and their interactions with others to characterize them effectively yeah and i, I really like I, my my only the the love interest is the only part that i'm like i think this could have been tuned up a little more. like again i don't think you can take it out but, like, I would say that's the weakest part of the movie for me. Um, it worked for me. I like that, too. I, I feel like they... I bought their love, or at least their lust, for each other. And I was... Yeah, I, I, I didn't need... Yeah. A more romantic it, it felt enough to me, like... Yeah, he's just a passing vacationer in Bruges, and, and she... It does seem like the person who would rip people off. Um, even I don't know. Even their interaction in the restaurant with the guy, like unbelievable. Like uh, <laughs> when he when he's like, "Your girlfriend's blowing smoke in my face." Um, even that interaction, I don't know. It just all felt very natural. Um, well, and I like the which, bottle coming back from scene. the beginning. A bottle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean when he yells, "A bottle." <laughs> 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 and then that interaction being the reason he has to go back in Bruges. I mean, just again, yeah. like just everything <laughs> is so necessary at every point. Yeah. Um, it's the movie has a really like small town feel. Like everybody knows everybody, and that that's kind of integral to the movie working as well as it does. Um, that's a big part of the story is just them seeing people in passing while they're out on the town at night or or sitting on a bench during the day and seeing people pass by. Like it's 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 pretty great. I I do like how often they reuse the uh, the set pieces because they are so great and they use them and in a way that it feels fresh every time you see them. It's see because like it's those kind of things that like when I finished, I was like, I wonder if this was a play before it was a movie. It felt all very play like to me, just with how heavy on dialogue it was and how uh, minimal sets, yeah, minim- minimalist it. sets and things of that sort. Um, it's not. Well, it's, it's an IP it's re- by Martin McDonough, but uh, yeah, it's written I, by him. So I'm curious if he was a playwright before he uh, went over to directing. I'm not sure. Not sure. Waiting for point, Godot though. and Rouge. 
You, what's that? Oh, that was just a joke for anyone. Any anyone who studied theater, waiting for Godot in Bruges. Oh. Oh, I didn't hear waiting for Godot. Oh, that's what I said. Yeah, that's what I didn't hear, but I also don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so, um, well, Waiting for Godot is this lovely play about two people just talking about how they're waiting for this guy named Godot to come by. And it just goes on forever. Um, I've wanted to read it and watch it for a very long time. Right. It's very... It's very it to- we're totally off now, but the the final episode of Sunny in season... The one before the Irish season is Waiting for Big Mo. And it's the whole same thing. It's very well done. Oh. Yeah. Um, so, you know, this kind of, you know, in a way has like a waiting for Godot vibe because they're waiting for Ralph Fiennes to come and kill them. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. Actually, it kind of does have a waiting for Godot <laughs> vibe now that you mention that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you'd be the authority considering how you haven't read it. <laughs> I know enough about it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't. I guess the only other thread I would want to go on is: Do you guys have any like which of you guys' favorite characters? Because I, I like Ray. I think Colin Farrell is excellent in this movie. I like Ralph Fiennes' character, whose name escapes me. Big man, boss man. Hey, Harry. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I think I think probably Harry too. Um. And think I was gonna say maybe the arms dealer, but I I really oh, like that's another funny part. Yeah, the no, alcove. The, the alc- <laughs> <laughs> when it's when it's Harry and Ken talking, he's like, "Was he going on to you about the fucking alcove?" He's like, "Yeah, I don't know what this guy's deal was with talking about the alcove so much." Well, and little things like that between Kent and Harry, I feel like really sets up the uh the relationship that they have prior to the actual like you know ken going hey i've known you for so long we have this you know prior to him even saying the extent of their relationship little jokes like that i feel like really kind of help solidify that there's more going on there than just boss and employee yeah and Mm -hmm. for that i think ken is my favorite character because of those interactions you i just liked how you learned, you pretty much have a full idea of what this guy, like his personality, his characteristic, what, what he went through in life and how he's a very like traumatized, troubled person without them just banging you over the head with like, I've been doing this for too many years. I've seen stuff like that kind of stuff. Like yeah. I, I bought it. I, I saw the relationship with him and Harry. I can see there's history there. And just with him wanting to almost save Ray throughout this whole movie, I can see like, oh, this man, he's a, he's a troubled man. And, and I just loved his interactions. I loved his humor. And he, I think he was the most grounded person in this movie. So yeah. I cleaned on to the, him. Uh, the spinoff series, Ken and Harry, is coming to Hulu uh, later this year. Is that for real? No. <laughs> I was going to say, like, wait, really? <laughs> <laughs> I, I could see it, though. I don't know. Yeah, no, like you said, I do feel like they have... Or Ken especially, you, you get a really good impression of his character just through context clues and subtext and i I really appreciate that in any movie yeah do we feel like he uh uh, was the good choice for donald trump portraying donald trump what's what what What? you don't you don't remember when brendan gleason was trump in the comey report or whatever on showtime (laughs) oh no no (laughs) i don't i don't remember the comey report 
Oh well, yeah, they were, they made it. They made like a shitty little movie about that whole kerfuffle. Um, and Brendan Gleeson was Trump. So was this anyone getting no that vibe from it? Podcast? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, Brendan. I think we can leave that thread behind. <laughs> I don't think that added much. <laughs> You know, I'm just trying, you know. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm not the one with the right bad now. vibe, is all I'm saying. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, the only other thing, I, uh, the score was uh, one of my favorites we've had so far. Um, and Ryan, I wanted to ask you specifically, I got super Hollow Knight vibes from it. With all the gentle people, yeah. like to the point where I was like, "Oh man, I wonder if this was the same guy." It's not. It's Carter Burwell. Fun fact: Carter Burwell makes good scores. Um, but yeah, you you also picked up on that. Yeah, just the really. It, it's a very melancholy movie, and the, the score really worked well with that kind of theme. Um, and so yeah, just kind of those shots of these just ancient stone buildings. Just I don't know. It's just at nighttime and real slow shots, slow panning shots. It just well, it all I, felt really sad. Like I, I thought I it made it for a great lovely. juxtaposition too, because like yeah, exactly. It's very melancholy and slow and calm. I mean, like everybody, Brendan, you were talking about how you were sleeping. Alex, you were talking about how you're in a blanket, and then you have characters just saying the most foul things for the yeah. entire movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, it it really is a juxtaposition. It. I, and I think it plays really well. I don't. I don't know something about the setting of Bruges, and even that opening joke. Well, you know what it like, is. Oh, I gotta, huh? Sorry, sorry. Finish what you were saying. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't that, mean to cut you that, off. Uh, even that opening joke when he's just like, I "Gotta spin it in Bruges." Where's Bruges? And then that that pause. It's in Belgium. Because <laughs> yeah. the first time I watched that movie, I, I had no idea where Bruges was. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's kind of an in for the audience. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, what I was gonna say was, you're saying how it's weird how it fits so well with Bruges, and I feel like this is another like very lean movie, big detail. Because um, I feel like they're going into the whole fairy tale aspect of what Bruges feels like, and the mu- the music is very fairy tale esque, um, straight magical. Yeah. So another thing, everything is just so cohesive in this movie. Kind of a unspoken thing, but I like how the end, like that very last night when like the chase sequence and everything, it feels like a nightmare because they get to the, back to the movie set and there's just all these people in, in these creature masks. It's really yeah. like, kind of frightening, kind of frightening imagery. So it's just, I don't know, it kind of plays into that fairy tale aspect. It's like these people have, or these crit, uh, little critters have come to life. I don't know. And you go, this movie really does look like a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not going to co-sign that. I don't know. <laughs> You're talking I'm the referring... movie in the movie. Yeah, I'm talking about the movie they're making yeah. <laughs> in oh, yeah. the movie. The one I, that, that everyone's always complaining that about. too. <laughs> With the, uh, the, the the dwarf actor. <laughs> He's like, it's, it's shit. <laughs> He's like, talking about how lame it is. Uh, yeah. <sighs> Well, anything else, fellas? I didn't expect to have much on this. It's just kind of like, yeah, it's a short and sweet movie. Yeah. Uh, good jokes, good characters. Yeah, there's only so much to say. Are we sure we don't want to go circle back to to him as Trump? Or we're okay. <laughs> I, think, I think we're good. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, we we can we can, we leave that bonus <laughs> episode <laughs> maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's all watch the Comey report. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, well, no, I think uh, good for final thoughts. Okay.
Brendan, you want to kick into that real quick? Yeah. Uh, final thoughts on this one. It's it's short. It's really nice. It's a completely uh, 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 well-crafted movie. Like there's no, there's nothing wrong-headed about anything here. Um, so yeah, if you're just in the mood for a contemplative little like dark comedy this is this is this is about as as good as they get for for the time investment okay uh, <laughs> uh i don't know what i haven't already said besides yeah I, the more we talked about it, the more i i really appreciate him and the more i really love this movie I truly have no issues with it. Not even any minor nitpicks. I loved everything the director did with this. It is just super, super cohesive and, and so uh, well-realized. Like I, I like your analogy about it being a play because I feel like plays kind of benefit from that and with their limited scope that they can do on stage, they really make the most out of everything they show and this movie definitely did that. Yeah, and uh, similarly, like I said, I, uh, I really just praise to Martin McDonough. Um, praise him. Praise be. Praise be. <laughs> uh, no, I'll t- and I'll t- the one thing I, I wanted to mention uh, was the part that really got me into this. Because at first I was like, all right, you know, this is, I get it. But uh, the part that really pushed this over for me is when... Uh, Ken is about to kill uh, Ray, and then Ray is about to kill himself. And, like, just that idea of, like, mm-hmm. like if you were going to kill someone, but they were about to kill themselves, like, that would probably catch you off guard. And, like, naturally, if you liked the person, <laughs> you'd be like, no, don't do that. <laughs> and then just all of that ensues. And I mean, like, yeah, I, again, just everything in this movie is so clean. Um, and I, I don't know, I feel like it's all of his movies just have a certain, like, almost color to them. Uh, and it, they just match the tone so well. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, th- this is fantastic. And, yeah. Great. I'm glad you guys liked it. Uh, Real quick, yeah, is my, this my his closing. first big film? Yeah, this is this is his debut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, I, I, I really like this movie as well. Uh, great performances, great score, great setting. Um, it all comes together in a really, really great way. Um, and I like, I, I'm glad we got to touch on the, the kind of clash between this uh, quote unquote fairy tale town and the just absolute vulgar characters in this movie. It's, uh, it's entertaining. Um, yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, it, it's been the first time I've watched it in a couple of years now, but probably the third or fourth time I've watched it overall. And every time it, it cracks me up. I think the joke's are are well written enough that I can keep coming back to them and and feel the same about them. So, yeah, uh, glad we got to watch this. Yeah. All um, right. From a from a Grimm Brothers fairy tale to more of a traditional Disney fairy tale. <laughs> I am so. It's an interesting way to describe that. both movies. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, but am I wrong though? A little bit. Yeah, maybe yeah. a little bit. All right. <laughs> when Kino Clash returns, there. we will talk about the cat returns. Transition music, go. <laughs> <laughs>
Welcome back to Kino Clash, where we talk about movies. Today, we're gonna talk about The Cat Returns. I hope everyone liked that energy. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get the trying to get yeah. the energy levels up. Can I? All right, yeah, everybody. Yeah, I like that. Okay. I like that. I'm I'm yeah. amplified. <laughs> I feel uh, excited to be here. Man. I feel excited. Yeah, Cat Returns time. Okay, so Cat Returns time. Let me uh, let me get the uh, the the ye old description going. So this uh, we're gonna be talking about the Cat Returns, described <laughs> as. Young Haru rescues a cat from being run over, but soon learns it's no ordinary feline. It happens to be the prince of the cats. That's where that description ends. Honestly, great description. Love it. Yeah, this movie is like barely ninety minutes. I like any any it's more. Not even, not no, it's minutes. it's seventy. Oh yeah, it's an hour fifteen. Yeah, yeah. It is so short that I can't imagine saying anything else without giving away major plot uh especially because so much of this movie is like goofy and the fun of it is just seeing stuff play out in a weird way so i'd hate to spoil any of that but anyway we're gonna get into it now who here had seen this movie before nope i had seen it yeah i think ryan had only once and only fleeting as a child on cartoon network okie doke well (laughs) any of you guys then uh take it away Wait, Ryan, on Cartoon Network, did they play the part where they cut the cat bikini top off? Because I feel like this is not, that part was not very G of this movie. That was excessively G, because there's, every other cat is naked. The, that, that's like, that's like doing a bit where you pull down but, Daffy Duck's pants. Like, he's naked 90% of the time. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't remember. All right, take it away. Somebody. Yeah, who's, who, oh my god the you're, about, the one, you're the one who's seen it <laughs> oh well i thought that I, I i thought we normally did people who hadn't seen it. i can go first i just don't want to be i'm gonna be sour in this one i did not like this very much um this kind of felt like a really half-baked ghibli movie um it, it didn't have enough of the charm that i look for in these kind of movies to really sell me on anything it was a very simple story and i i don't think the the whole cat thing is enough of a hook because I really didn't feel like the cats added that much outside of what it took to get into the initial conflict. So um, I did think the the art style was very cute. It just as far as the other movies, there there's a, a plethora of other Ghibli movies that have just an absolutely immaculate art style. And this one, it felt a little rushed. It felt a little uh, just I don't know. It didn't captivate me. It really didn't. So I didn't think anything was bad necessarily. It was just so quick that there was nothing for me to really grab onto and yeah i don't know it, it really didn't do anything for me can i go next before you unleash yeah yeah sure okay. sure, 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 sure. um I, I i definitely have a more positive outlook than ryan i, I like this movie it was a lot of fun it was cute it was very funny i didn't love it though um it, like what you're saying with the art style i guess maybe i'm so expecting very beautiful perfect art coming out of ghibli movies that this one was was more cartoony and definitely felt more geared towards kids with a very, I don't know, maybe it's, I don't, I don't intend this as an insult, but it definitely had a more simple art style. Um, but the characters are fun. I did like the cat aspect. I loved little Puss in Boots, uh, Bear, the Baron, right? That's his name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the Baron Humpert von Gickingen. <laughs> yeah. I thought the, all the characters were super funny and interesting. Of course, uh, 
what's Ronaldo's moon? What's his name? Muta. 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 Standout character. Loved him <laughs> so much. And I thought the comedy really worked this movie. And you know what? I'm so happy you had us watch the dub. Because this was an excellent dub. This dub is so good. <laughs> yeah. I, I was listening the whole time. I was like, wow, this feels perfect. Like, Anne Hathaway was great. And then all the other cats, amazing. Um, I love the runtime, but I don't know. I It didn't... It didn't in- uh, capture me so much as a lot of the other Eagly movies. It, I was, I was kind of at the like forty-five minute mark, kind of like All right, I kind of want this to wrap up. Um, just the story didn't didn't get its hooks in me so much, but it was definitely a good time. This is the best Ghibli movie and the best movie we have watched on Kino Clash. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I had the most fun i have ever had watching a movie <laughs> besides maybe triple x the return of xander cage watching this movie i i everything about it this was maybe the funniest movie we have watched so far uh just in all aspects um, Dude, the tuxedo I, cats i, I love the bodyguards, the bodyguards. <laughs> the secret the, service the, yeah the visual comedy they do the the dialogue the voice acting andy richter as the servant cat was one of the best choices ever made um i i love this movie so much i am so happy i have watched it i will fight to the death for the cat returns uh and uh I'll, I'll pick up from there yeah this is my favorite like this is probably my favorite ghibli movie it is it is almost hurt by the title of studio ghibli if this had been made by some other studio i feel like maybe it uh it would resonate more with people as just being this weird one-off movie but it has the clout and the um i guess the esteem of that studio behind it which makes people expect more from it but to me this is like a comedy through and through. This is like a children's like comedy cartoon movie. The art style is way simpler than anything from their other movies. It has like a much more modern aesthetic than their other movies. It doesn't exist in this sort of ephemeral time or place. It's very much set in like modern yeah. Japan. Um you know, and all all of these things kind of make it a very different movie than what Studio Ghibli usually uh, spends time uh, making. And obviously this wasn't directed by Hayao Miyazaki or written by him. It was, the original like story idea was his. Uh, that's what it's credited as in the credits. But I think that as like a weird, offbeat, strange thing for the studio just to put out, like, hey, we had like a weird idea to take something from one of our earlier movies and turn it into so- something else. Yeah, it's a spinoff, yeah, right? Yeah, it's a it's a spinoff of, of the my, heart. Yeah, of Whisper of the Heart, which is probably in actuality my second favorite Ghibli movie because it is really goofy in its own way. But yeah, it's like this weird spinoff where a character in Whisper of the Heart is writing a story about the Baron, and it's not clear exactly how that is supposed to correlate with this movie, but I always take it as, like, this is the finished story that she wrote about the Baron. Because a lot of thematic similarities are present. Like, Muta and all this stuff is present in Whisper of the Heart. So it just makes sense to me that that is the... We're watching the story that she came up with. Um, which all, all blends together into being something that I really enjoy. Uh, the cast... 
for the uh, English dub, I think is incredible. Um, everyone brings it. Uh, Tim Curry as the Cat King is oh so God. funny. Um, oh, who plays yeah, Muda? I have, to, I have to give him credit by name because uh, I don't believe he's with us anymore. Um, is it uh, Peter Boyle as Muda? Damn it! Yeah, I was gonna say Peter Boyle. So good, like just that kind of like exhausted old man curmudgeon voice just is funny every time every line is funny uh carrie elways as the baron he gives it just that amount of like i don't know um cool pompousness yeah pomp <laughs> like he, he there's so much charisma uh and yeah it's 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 one of my favorites this is like my ultimate i need to be in a good mood uh, uh, I need to put something on to put me in a good mood. This is it. I think the score is beautiful in this movie, um, regardless yeah. of of its competition with uh, you know Joe Hisashi, Hisashi uh, scores that Ghibli is known for. I think that the Baron like theme, and I think that that uh, ballroom dance theme, so good. Um, but yeah, so much visual comedy in this movie that I love, and we'll get into when we're talking about it. But yeah, this is like to me. Everything I could want from an animated feature. <laughs> I I guess um so I I like I said I figured I'd be the most sour, but I guess the thing that really throws me with this is like I can't believe Kyle because you didn't like Metropolis or Spirited Away that much, and like the world yeah. building in that is just so entrancing to me. And this one, like the the cats live in the hills like hobbits. This like the world building the, is non-existent. That's the thing, though, <laughs> Ryan. You have to understand. This is not trying to do any of that. It's it's just trying to be weird and but like stuff I, doesn't I need to make sense. To, there's Ryan, nothing really to grab onto Ryan, then. there's a part where they just say. The winds are going to carry us. And then they turn into glitter, and then they go into portals, and then they go into a, a, a lake shaped like a cat's paw. <laughs> like, I... logic logic does not exist in this movie. It's not supposed to. It's just, it's, First it's, off, it's a actually, movie no, of... I'm going to push back on Ryan entirely here. There's a place called the Cat Bureau. I don't know why it's called that. I don't know where it exists in the Cat Kingdom. <laughs> Okay. No, it's not it's in the not Cat even... Kingdom. No, I'm saying, but there's also the Cat Kingdom. There's yeah. definitely a world here. I think yeah. you just didn't watch yeah. the movie. Yeah, buddy. Okay. The Cat Bureau <laughs> has weird lights that the Baron can somehow control. Okay. Well, I love that. I love the idea that he's in the office flickering the lights to, to yeah. make it do the stupid light show. And then you just have you just have Muta sitting reading the newspaper going, shut off the lights and no one's impressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know i just i feel like the I, the the cats in the real world are just they're so adorable like that cartoon art style it works really well for house cats and just kind of like how they move and everything was captured really well here i just wish the cat kingdom like there was nothing that stuck out to me as being like cat themed and the, the ultimate challenge was a it was a maze and it's like I I don't know I I would have liked to have seen trials or something because at the end of the day this is just like a girl doesn't want to get married she gets whisked away and she doesn't want to get married so she has to get away. That and, is an insane but it, simplification. But it's with of cats. This. No, I I don't think it is. I think that's I think exactly I think this is a simple movie. But I feel if that is like that is not that is maybe the uh, the threat of the movie. But the actual like story is much about like someone struggle to be all right with themselves in high yeah. school 
less about not wanting to get married. Like, that is an extension of her trying to find a place for herself. That's why the struggle is like, oh, maybe I should marry the, the cat prince. Like, she doesn't want to be a cat, but she's also constantly... The reason why she's even turning into a cat is because she's considering it. Um, so, yeah, yeah I think I, that I, that I is... Just... I think that's an oversimplification <laughs> of an already simple story. I guess so, but, yeah, I don't know. There's just... Not not much that I really grabbed onto. Like I did think it was it was it was funny enough, but it's funny in the way that like kids' cartoons are. It's just it's so simple that there's nothing about the writing that really speaks to me. Like none of well, the characters are. Well, there I will really. step in because this has so I have a page of quotes from this. Oh, let's hear them. I, let's hear them. I want to hear them. <laughs> the one that I I had to pause the movie. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> was when Haru comes back in and it's Muta and the giant thing of catnip jelly and then the Andy Richter cat <laughs> slides up next to her and goes, your friend had an affinity for catnip jelly and now he is dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and then and then the, the immediately after that, they're like, okay, we gotta go, though. And then she goes, I won't leave him and grabs onto the thing. And then they just go... All right, I guess we'll take him with us. <laughs> they just start wheeling it out of the room. I mean, I like, I yeah. For me, Ryan, I mean, I obviously I agree. But no, there is not a world built here. There's the cat kingdom, and we go to it, and it has cats. <laughs> but it, like, truly, I mean, this is again. I think we found a division on the podcast a lot of the time. I'm very happy with the simple little story that's been told time and time again. Um, and then, so that that already, you know, we're hitting 500. And then the comedy is what truly, like, I mean, every single scene, there is either dialogue or vi the visual comedy in this is some just the size differential half the time. When, uh... When Haru says, Baron, I have a crush on you. And then he consoles her with his tiny little hand. And says, hey. I respect someone who speaks their mind. And then leaves. Well, and Just, like, I don't I think also... there was any joke that missed. I think it pretty yeah. much hit it every single time. Well, and I, I didn't just, laugh I, out loud at everything, but everything got a giggle out of me at least. Well, yeah, and like the movie, it like starts slow. Where you're like... No, yeah, this is going to be one type of movie. But once she saves that cat, stuff starts going off the rails so quickly when they start giving her gifts. <laughs> and it's uh, uh, they fill her locker with mice and little boxes. <laughs> and they put cattails everywhere around her. It's like, that's just so fucking funny. Um, yeah, I, I, I did like all that stuff, actually. I, th I thought the, uh, the, the cat parade that came with the king and everything and oh my god it's fantastic they're the all just parade. like oh we thought you would like this we're so sorry uh that was all really funny it's <laughs> well, like when they got to the cat kingdom it was just like i, I, I yeah. don't know i don't feel like they did enough with that idea i liked the 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 japan i guess more than the cat kingdom i like that setting more i i i will agree with you there i i, I think that having the the juxtaposition is funnier in the and like regular Japan, but I there's just so much comedy that happens in the Cat Kingdom that is oh that kills me. That just kills me. Just the the lavishness of the castle 
and them throwing goofy... cats out the window when they perform <laughs> yeah. poorly. <laughs> oh yeah, the just like oh my god, yeah. And the maze itself, I know you said you didn't like the maze. But I liked the maze. I thought it was really funny how poorly uh, executed this like sort of ultimate test was by the yeah. The no, they're king. saying like no one's ever made it through the maze, and then Muda <laughs> climbs up on top, and then they're like, "Muda, you're cheating." <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> and he's like "What? Am I gonna get cheating. in trouble?" <laughs> and then yeah, he's cheating. He's cheating. He's cheating. <laughs> well, then that even is so funny to me the way that that then spirals into. How's it going? And then, uh, uh, like, the king's hand or whatever is just like, uh, well, they're almost done with the maze. Uh, our troops all got lost. And you just see the one cat <laughs> sitting down against the pole, like, tearing sheets of paper up in complete defeat. <laughs> I think my favorite part of that sequence is just when he's like, why, why would they all line up back to back? Why would they the all be dominoes? <laughs> <laughs> um, that was pretty funny, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, just the maze is, it's, I don't know, that's what I'm saying. It's just like not, I want like just ridiculous cat themed stuff. Like, if I don't, I don't even know what an example would be, but well, if see, they had no, to like that's climb a scratching thing, post or something, I don't that's know. That's what I liked about this more than anything is how straight everything is played. There's not a single, like, well, this is laggy. It's like, no, nah, they're, they're cats and they have a kingdom and it functions and there's a. <laughs> Also, all the talk of his poll approval rating the entire time. Like, does it make any sense? Sire, no, you can't blow up the tower. Your poll ratings will drop. I mean, yeah. Well, and I also love that, that conversation, too, where he goes, well, I don't have the button. I don't have the detonator. And then you just see her, Andy Richter, look what I found. <laughs> and hands him the button. <laughs> Um, Kyle, though, I did want to ask you, how'd you like the Cat King? Oh, I, obviously, I fucking love Tim Curry. Um, and then the second he, he goes, uh, hey, I, I, yeah, I want to I wanna introduce you to uh, the king of all the cats, the Cat King. Hey, babe. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm hooked. Immediately. Thanks, babe. <laughs> Thanks, babe. Also, Ciao, another babe. quote that I fucking love that he delivers when he's fighting the Baron. Uh, I heard there was a crazy cat figurine sticking his nose in other people's business. <laughs> if I'd known you were good, I would have hired you. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh yeah, no, love the Cat King, love Tim Curry, love the hierarchy. Um, my <laughs> well, yeah, favorite even... by far uh, is the uh, the Ronaldo Moon reveal. I lost oh. my absolute mind. <laughs> I, yeah, the, and like the it's the delivery to me that kills me every time. Oh all God. the lines in this movie, like when the uh, the king's hand is just like, he was such a vicious criminal that we put his story on our walls, <laughs> and it just pans out. You just see this like crazy looking big white cat eating all the fish. Yeah, I, th I think it's like, he, just a crazy cat came in one day and ate all our fish and then left. <laughs> yeah, and then you hear Carrie Elways just go, Oh, you didn't do that, did you, Muta? <laughs> that's disgusting. Muta, that's disgusting. <laughs> and, then yeah. it, and then his response no. is immediately just, 
<laughs> That's right. And this time I'm going to eat the whole castle. It just starts running at them. <laughs> oh, good, clean yeah. fun. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I love this movie. I think that the story is really sweet. Um, you know, I, I, it's a bit understated in the beginning and how Haru... Uh, it, it's unclear what her like troubles are. It's clear that she wants to be in a relationship. We see her like looking at this hilariously drawn, like attractive teenage boy as he's like walking with another girl, uh, which I also think is really funny when she's like cleaning up um, the uh, outside. There's just like the a guy with the strongest yeah. jaw, like Prince Charming looking ass walking around, and we can tell that she wants. Um, to be in a relationship or want something, you know, and that she feels incomplete where she is presently. Uh, and I just, I, I like that story. I think that that is kind of maybe not something that everyone feels, but something that at least I felt, and I'm sure plenty of others felt in high school, watching other people be in relationships and stuff like that. Like, oh, th- is this, is this what I, what I'm missing here or something like that? You know, and I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just liked that story, and I liked how most of the story was just about helping her find uh, uh, peace with herself. Like, hey, you should yeah. be okay with your with who you are without anybody else. Um, and then I like that end scene where she's cut her hair and is like making tea and just like living her best life. I think that's a I think that's a, a heartwarming little payoff to the movie. Yeah, I thought it had a, a fine resolution. I liked the message and everything, and I liked the character's journey. Kyle, you got anything else? Any any other high praise? I'm looking at... I mean, yeah, like I said, I just... It, a simple story with great uh, comedy. I mean, just, it, it just, just unhinged. <laughs> just 70 minutes of unhinged behavior. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to love that. Uh, yeah. No, I think I'm set. Yeah. Well, I think I I I appreciate that there is, uh, even though it's kind of obvious, it's not super uh, uh understated. There is like a good amount of payoff in this movie. You know, you hear about her feeding the cat, and then that ends up being the person who helps her get out of the castle, and and all that stuff. Like the, the, the just kind of like natural story beats that make sense are present here. Um, even if the, if like the world itself is like, fuck you magical, where it's just like, this is, this is a nonsense magical world. Uh, and and it leans into that a lot. Uh, I, I like that the story itself ties itself up pretty neatly, uh, and, and pays attention enough to not have things contradict outside of just the world itself being contradictory at all times. Like the fact that they knock the tower down and then they're like, well, the portal's still there. (laughs) <laughs> no and then but, they they say like well we moved the portal or like we knocked down the tower so the portal probably moved too and it's just in the sky floating and it's like well wait where was what? it before <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> were yeah. so were there specific things you disliked ryan or was it just very it just felt so kind of, it just felt really half baked. I mean, especially compared to the quality you would expect from Ghibli movies. Um, and even outside of that, it just, 
uh, the the tie-in of her feeding the cat that felt very just much like they were checking a box like there was no real emotional payoff from that moment for me um it was just like the this this cat with a bow happened to be the one she fed i i don't i don't i don't know how that really played into her character development and it just i don't know i just it didn't really do anything that wowed me it was all just kind of fine and the 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 cat kingdom and stuff was just kind of boring to me as a as a setting so I don't know. It just it really just didn't do anything to wow me. It didn't do anything to put me off. It just like okay. I said, it just felt half baked. This is probably their most like uh uh I don't know, like I, I wouldn't call it half baked. I would just say like this is their most like straight comedy. Like no ulterior motive, not really any 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 depth outside of what is obviously present. Um, in the story. Uh, and that's what I mean by, like, I feel like if you hadn't been expecting a, a, a Ghibli movie, it would have maybe played a little bit better. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's like, especially in animation, there's so much you can do. And I, I, I don't know. It, it didn't do a lot for me, even under that guise. So, Kyle, as an overall package, you like this better than Howl's? Yeah, I do. Really? I, I, I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast. I recently watched Howl's, and that was the first Ghibli movie that did it for me all the way. Um, which I, I said, coincidentally, it's the one that's not written by music. Because what, you said it's a book, right, Brendan? Yeah, it was uh, yeah. It was written by, what, Diana Wynne Jones. The yeah. movie, I think, so, the movie was written by Miyazaki, but... Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I will say, like, Kyle, the, oh. the, the, the book is... Nothing like the movie. Really? The you know that whole war? Yeah. Not in the book. <laughs> cool. Yeah, no, I mean my whole thing with Hal's was it was the first Ghibli movie that landed the ending for me. And I was like, oh, I really enjoy this. And then this one, you know, I mean, naturally it just kinda landed the ending. So yeah. No, I mean there's no way it couldn't have. Kyle. Definitely like those two movies for different purposes, but no, I'm with you, Brendan. This is firmly a I'm in a bad move. I'm I'm watching The Cat Returns. Kyle, uh, there's there's two more Ghibli movies that if uh, if you don't end up watching them in the in between zone, uh, I will definitely have to put on my list if we do this again, uh, which are Pom Poco and uh, The Wind Rises. I think you'd love The Wind Rises, and I think you'd become obsessed with Pom Poco. Um, uh, both are uh, very high on my list of the next Ghibli movies I want to watch. Um, yeah, I, I, I almost want you to watch Pom Poco first because I think that would change a lot about your worldview. Um, <laughs> that movie's okay. insane, Kyle. Um, that is more of a Cat Returns Ghibli movie than it is a uh, uh, like a Spirited Away Ghibli movie. But um, yeah, but The Wind Rises, that's like, you know, 1930s to 40s. yeah aviation i think you'd they they work for mitsubishi in the movie like i think you'd love oh. it. <laughs> all right no like it, um, it, it's actually like a it's actually a biopic like not even like no like no not fictional just a biopic. i did not know that yeah i think i think you'd really enjoy it my dad claims it's the most accurate aviation he's ever seen in a movie <laughs> it's very good aviation <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, but yeah, no, uh, I, yeah. Is there anything else that any, I, 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 like I said, I like the score. Did the score stand out to anyone? 
I didn't notice it. On this one. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't particularly notice Same. it. Uh, that last song is a banger, though. It was a great way to end the movie. Mm. Yeah. No, nothing really for me. Yeah. All right. Well. That might Kyle, I don't know why Kyle's doing this. He's, he's put two pens on his chin, so he looks like Ivan Ooze from the Power Rangers movie. <laughs> I just been, I just been kind of hanging. Yeah, not trying to do a thing. Uh, yeah, do we? Uh, just like think... quick three word final thoughts, and then end up. Yeah, I'm good with that. Okay, Ryan, kick us off. Cat movie, okay. Oh. <laughs> 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 of the three words you could pick. <laughs> uh, uninteresting story, hilarious. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Ronaldo Moon Stan. Uh, and I think I'll actually just leave it at two words. Ciao, babe. <laughs> <laughs> That's a quote from the movie. Bada All right. Bing. Well, let's uh, to, uh, let's hash it out. Um, what? Right. I'll I'll go first. Um, okay. Since it's me and Ryan up first, anyway. Uh, I won't shield this. I'm I'm always gonna pick the Cat Returns. I love this movie. In Bruges was super compelling, super interesting. Um, I genuinely don't think I'll remember much of this movie after a year. I don't think it was that visually compelling. I thought it was very interesting. I thought the performances were all great. There was just nothing in it besides Bruges itself that stood out to me as being um, exceptionally uh, uh, memorable. Uh, Alex brought it up in the discussion that this felt like a Kyle movie. I will give Kyle credit (laughs) <laughs> every Kyle movie like this has a moment in it where I go, that is burned into my brain. I'll never forget that. <laughs> in Bruges is a much better movie and doesn't have like a scarring <laughs> moment to it. But I think at this point in, in the show, we know that I relate more to movies that are so risky. They're yeah, that they're almost bad. Um, and Bruges is a very good movie, but it's all uh, to me. It, it feels more safe than uh, than than risky. But I, I I really liked it. But I, Cat Returns just I can't get past the hilarity that that movie gives me. Just I smile every time I see those cats do their little paw walk around and 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 the Cat Kingdom. Pure comedy. <laughs> I think the funniest part of that parade, or literally the bodyguard cats, bringing walking up to people, yeah. putting oh their God, arms out and blocking. They're literally and like blocking the stray cats and throwing them in the dumpsters. <laughs> God damn it! Dude, those are so funny. <laughs> secret service. The secret purpose. That makes it sound like they're perverts. <laughs> perverts. Um, yeah, not, not a surprise for me. I'm sure I'm voting for Bruges. It's uh, the kind of comedy that I really appreciate, where the the writing is it's in service of itself, and it it tells a compelling story outside of that. Um, I really like the setting, and even if there's nothing like I don't know bombastic about it necessarily, outside of just the overall quality of it, I I just it's the kind of movie that I really gravitate towards. Just one that 
does a lot of things correct in in my eyes uh, when watching and I just really appreciate all the things that it takes to make a movie work as well as in Bruges does so that's why it, it, it sticks with me and continues to stick with me. Uh, the, the Cat Returns, yeah, it was just, it, it was fine. Uh, it really was. Um, I The things that I remembered from a kid were actually just, like, the few moments in the movie. <laughs> like, it was very short and sweet, and those moments that I remembered pretty much were the movie. So, apparently, I didn't forget as much as I thought. I didn't realize it was only 75 minutes going into this. So, yeah. Um, one, I'm sure I'll revisit at some point, but not not dying to the world building and everything is what I really look for in animation. And I didn't get that there. So not, not rushing back, but yeah, my vote is for in Bruges. You or me? I'll probably go. I think there's more stakes with you. Um, so yeah, I'll be voting for the cat returns. Uh, and I'll take this moment to talk about in Bruges. Um, I was flabbergasted when I finished cat returns and said, I'm going to vote for it. Um, because I loved in Bruges. Uh, it, uh, I truly, you know what? I'll even take the bullet on this one. It's a good Kyle movie, and for that reason, I will not be voting for it. Okay. <laughs> uh, Only vote for bad cop movies. You really, uh, I mean, legitimately, Brendan, you pretty much took most of my final thoughts. I mean, like, I think that's pretty much it. And Bruges is clean and just runs smoothly. There's, you're not on, there's no turbulence in that movie. And, uh, you know, I like turbulence. I like having those <laughs> scarred images in my brain. Uh, I like it when the pilot says, but better buckle up, return those uh, those seat trays to their upright position, baby. We're going to go on a trip. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I, and I, I clearly, I already cast enough praise on uh, the director. So, I mean, but yeah, Cat Returns. I mean, like, that's that's just fucking morphine to me man that was awesome that's that great so yeah cat returns cat returns <laughs> Ciao, babe <laughs> uh my vote goes to in bruges it uh i just got way more out of it i'll keep this very short and sweet it the cohesiveness it's super compelling everything about it was just Super well done. Yeah, it was less risky, but I don't think a movie needs to take risks. I, I'm sure that's just personal opinion, but I don't, me personally, I don't think a movie needs to take risks to be a standout movie. It did everything. It fired on all cylinders and everything it could have done. And The Cat Returns is hilarious and super fun, but the story did nothing for me. I didn't really care about her journey of uh, kind of like finding her self-worth. And like you said, The Cat Kingdom, weirdly enough, was a very boring set piece. And it just stands out because I think that's also when the comedy was just hidden at its best. Um, so for that reason, I think the comedy just kind of carried this movie definitely for me. But in Bruges, high quality. I, I'll definitely be re- revisiting that. All right. Uh, and with that, uh, unfortunately, in Bruges, we'll be moving forward. I shouldn't even say unfortunately. That's going to be great. First off, it gets to go against Leon. So thankfully, we're going to kick Leon out probably. <laughs> um, but <laughs> what do you call it um yeah that is a 4.0 for in bruges to a 3.5 for the cat returns on letterboxd um, those are all you know fair scores sometimes you do everything right and you still lose and that's not unfair <laughs> that's life now i will say before we roll something very interesting has happened with the bracket we only have one matchup left in each quadrant 
Um, which I thought you were going to uh, say the, it's mostly Ryan's movies going up against each other, and I was like, I think actually, we kind of I, knew that. <laughs> I'm trying to <laughs> see here. Uh, that's not that's not even really true. No, I, I know. Mine all pretty much have competition. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's interesting. I hadn't noticed that, Kyle. Yeah, no, I mean, because, like, it it uh, it'd been really heavy in other directions, but no, we are officially, we're at, this yeah. is the final four of the round of 64 right oh, now. Oh, shit. Uh, final four. We've got Magnolia, Paddington 2. Oh, it's just roll the dice. 1917 Black Swan. I'm reading. Steve Jobs, <laughs> Speed Racer, <laughs> and uh, I am the sky, Dr. Strangelo. Please clap. Um, Please. So, uh, yeah, this is, uh, we're down to it. Let's yeah. let's roll them bones. All right, I got a I got a pyramid die the the D four here. So on a die roll of one to four, we get two. That is nineteen seventeen versus Black Swan. Our last one sixteen matchup. Oh my god! That I wish a, that I wish that instead of rolling the dice, we had someone. Uh, have that result sealed in an envelope, bust oh, into your room cool. and go, Kyle, you need to read this letter. Kyle, <laughs> Kyle, you need to read this letter before you say anything else. That'd be sick. And we, we've been talking about it since episode two. Still no Steve Racer. Still no That's going to be the last no, one. It, it's going to be the last one. It has to at this point. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be upset if it's not. Yeah. But... Uh, um. For for clarity, this is a 16 seed uh, pick from from Ryan for Black Swan, and then it's Kyle's one seed, 1917. This one uh, might sting. No, nah, this this one this one might break me. This I think I think this is kind of the make or break for Kyle on this one. I'll this is a real style over substance matchup. Uh, I think it's going to be an <laughs> slugfest. I, I was mean, ho- I was hoping that you'd get mad at me saying that. No, no, I have nothing left to give. I'm a man. I've got I've got two just behemoths left. This and Paddington too. So I mean, we'll see. But no, I'm I'm really ex- I've been wanting to watch 1917 for a very long time now. Uh, for the first time, never seen it. I just love World War II. <laughs> so it's like you're like you this know, is I gonna be number be cool. one. Um. Yeah, I am. I'm really excited for this. Oh yeah, we got to do that. Who has? Who's seen uh, 1917? I've seen it. Kyle's seen it. Everyone, I've seen it. Yeah, I've, yeah. All right. What about Black Swan? I I've seen not. Black Swan. I have not. I I've clearly seen it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, now we know. Now we know. So, uh, yeah, let's. Uh, this be a good one. This I'll one I'll, I'll go like, ahead and yeah. foreshadow as well. Uh, these are tied on Letterboxd. They are oh, both shit. four point one. Gonna so. have to call someone to uh, uh, break the tie. <laughs> Might have to call our secret weapon. I don't know. I I, I did this last time, and then I was smacked. So uh, <laughs> which I, uh, that was loader uh, loader two thousand one. Uh, I feel a little better about this one, knowing I. Well, wait. Let me check real quick. Uh, Brendan, Alex, were you two going to put uh, Black Swan as your number three seed if Ryan hadn't already put it? Um, I never no. Seen okay, cool. So yeah, I feel better about <laughs> this than two thousand one. So yeah, stay tuned. It's gonna be a but fun. Kyle, one. Kyle, Lord of the Rings is better than nineteen seventeen, though. Oh fuck, man! 
<laughs> All right. Stay tuned. Bye bye. <laughs> As I say, you're, you're not getting a new catchphrase, right? <laughs> Ciao, babe.